welcome to the Field Log Podcast, weekly reflections for the Warrior King to help you master yourself, fulfill your purpose, and conquer the day. I'm your host, Marcian Sicario. Field Log, Day 31. Plan to the End. If you've read the 2023 Goal Setting Guide, available at warriorking.cx slash ebooks, go grab a copy, it's free. If you haven't already, of course, but if you have, you'll know that we start the goal setting process with 10 year goals, right? 10 years is a very large time horizon. And your first instinct when you read the document and see that you're supposed to start with 10 year goals might be to think that it's too far in the future. You won't know what the future is going to look like. You don't know if your goals will change, all of those things. So you might not see the use of planning that far ahead. Well, over the next 20 minutes, I want to convince you of the utility of planning things all the way to the end, with the caveat that with every increasing unit of time, right, from daily goals to weekly, and then to quarterly, and then to annual, and then to 10 years, they generally get broader and broader, but you still have a plan that you flesh out as you get to the next step. Right, the purpose of a 10-year goal isn't to lock you in because you can always change the goal, right? They're not set in stone. It's not even paper for most of us, right? For me, it's digital. So what's the utility of charting that out? Well, when I say plan to the end, what I'm essentially trying to communicate is the idea that if you want to, say, get fit, the general approach most people take is... Just say, I want to get fit, this is where I am currently, so I'm going to just start doing something. Which, of course, there's utility in getting your feet wet, but for sake of argument, this person just wants to start doing something. So maybe you'll start walking or running or, I don't know, substituting bread with vegetables, whatever it is, and you might get some progress or some results out of that, but it's very possible that one of two things will derail you. The first is that the thing that you're doing is moving you in a, in a better direction, but not completely on course. Maybe when you set the goal of I want to be healthier, it was very vague. And then you started eating a little healthier, but ultimately what you were after was strength or maybe body composition or something. So because you didn't plan to the end, you weren't able to see that the steps you're taking now aren't actually moving you towards your actual goal. And then the second risk you run when you don't plan to the end, is that something will derail you that you might not have taken into consideration. Of course, it's completely impractical to plan for every potentiality, but when you have a plan that reaches further and you get derailed, you can get back on track easier than if everything you're doing is uncharted territory. So you essentially have these two ways that you could make your plans and set your goals. The first would be to just pick things that you think will start moving the needle in the right direction. So essentially starting where you are and then working from there. And the second is to start with the end in mind. And of course, if you've read the 2023 Goal Setting Guide, you'll know that that's the method that I propose for a reason. If you were to take this advice and plan to the end, you might start with something like, My 10-year goal is to be able to run, I don't know, a six-minute mile, and I want to be able to bench 1.5 times body weight, and I want to be around 12% body fat. 
So you have your end vision in mind, your final goal, and then you can work backwards from that and create a plan. Right? This is my ten-year goal, say, and th- that is a very large time horizon for that kind of goal. But for sake of argument, let's stay there. Year one, you might focus on cardiovascular endurance. Right? Of course, I wouldn't recommend this, but you might for this particular goal. And start running or sprinting or whatever it is. And then year two, you might start integrating weight training and trying to maintain your cardiovascular endurance and see how they play with each other. And then every subsequent year, because you've planned the direction, not necessarily the step at every year, but the direction of whatever endeavor it is that you're on, you can reflect on the past year and say, okay, my bench went up, but my cardiovascular endurance is decreasing. So maybe I need to find a way to integrate them better, or maybe they're just contradictory goals and I need to reassess those kinds of things. But planning with the end in mind, planning to the end is going to allow you to do that. If at every stage in your execution of a plan, you know approximately what the direction is that you're supposed to be moving in and what your benchmark is for the next required step, you're going to be able to course correct and you're going to know if what you're doing is working. And when you take a goal that's smaller, say on like a three-month scale or maybe a weekly scale or something along those lines, you might actually get use out of planning the entirety of the activity. Right, A lot of times when I would teach myself a new programming language or framework or something, I would open up a Google Doc and I would create a table that had seven columns and X amount of rows. So essentially a calendar. I would put in a little date into each one of them and I would manually type out which book or which online course and how many videos or how many pages I was going to do that day to give myself an idea of how long it would take. And then as I started working on things, I would readjust the calendar as necessary. But I would actually go through the process of planning out everything I was going to do for this particular pursuit over the course of a month and a half or maybe two months. And that is a very powerful tool to have in your toolkit. right? If you're currently trying to learn a new skill, maybe a new language or a programming language or you're trying to read a book or anything along those lines, you haven't historically been very good at sticking to the plans you set for yourself. There is going to be a lot of utility in planning the activity all the way to the end. Right? Especially if it's something that involves other people or circumstances you might not be able to control, it's very useful to to plot a course and then try to account for well, if this kind of thing happens, then I'll respond this way. And if, if I, there's this kind of setback, then this is my response to it that I've premeditated. You can really make good use of a tool like that if you haven't historically been very good at intuiting the general path based on a further away goal, right? As, as time goes on, you get a lot better at this. But to this day, I always plan my activities to the end even if I don't actually put in the specific implementation on a daily basis or weekly basis. I still know what the end goal is, and I know that after this first unit of time has passed, I will plan the next unit of time. So you might not be planning all the way to the end of the activity in complete detail, 
but you're planning to the end of the next unit of time and you're always planning generally to the end. Now, if this sounds like too much work or pointless or contradicting the idea of planning as the next time unit presents itself, consider this for a minute. Say you wanted to build a business, right? And you told yourself, today I'm going to sit down and I'm going to do research on how to start an LLC. And then you do the research. And then your next step is to think of a good company name. And then your next step is product research. And maybe at some point, you have a general idea of the course that you're trying to take. And you don't write it down. You don't plan to the end. And then there comes a point where you're four months in and you're not quite sure what to do next. Right? You had an idea and maybe something came up in your research earlier, but you didn't incorporate it into your plan and now you're a little stuck. And you might have to revisit information that you had before or maybe it'll be discouraging to not know what the next step is and the general course you're taking and how much progress you've made that you give up on it. Right? I've seen this before. I've seen it in myself. Setting certain vague goals, right? Like for this year, one of the things I'm trying to do is start up again with whittling. Whittling is a hobby that I have where I like to sit in the evening, maybe outside listening to an audiobook and just carve away on a piece of wood and make little trinkets and animals, those kinds of things. It's something that's completely no pressure. I don't care if they're good. I don't try to sell them or try to get better. I just do it for fun. Well, there was a year, and I think it was either last year, yeah, it was last year, where in the beginning, I had a goal of carving three things, right? Animals or cars or whatever I would have decided to carve. But I didn't break it down, add an implementation intention, so that come April or May, I hadn't even touched any of it yet. And I was like, you know what, like, this is pointless. I'm going to cut this goal for this year. Well, when I was doing my 2023 goals... I looked over my 10-year goals and I saw wood carving, right? Like this is something that I want to incorporate consistently as a way to de-stress and have some solitude, those kinds of things. And I remembered the mistake I made, not planning to the end, right? Just setting the end and not actually mapping out a course. So this year, I cut it down to just two carvings and I thought back to the most complicated thing I ever carved and how long it took and this was very early on, and I was very bad at it in the beginning, but it took me about 40 or so hours. I picked a design this first time around that's a lot easier, and I have more skills, so I estimated maybe it'll take me 15 or 20 hours. Cool. So let's say it's 20. There's 52 weeks in a year. If I do an hour a week, that'll be 26 hours by the first half of the year. So more than enough time to finish the thing that I'm carving. So I did that and I wrote that down and then I made a note. Okay, so carve an hour a week. And then I broke that down further. Try to get 20 minutes a day, right? I'll miss some days here and there. That's fine. But by the end of the week, I should have hit at least three sessions, right? If not more. So by planning it out that way, I actually saw what the real requirement is to make this happen. The real requirement is putting in about an hour a week. And if I aim for 20 minutes a day and I miss every other day even... I'll still hit that goal. So that was something that I planned to the end, right? Obviously with the end in mind, that's how I always like to start and that's how you should start with your goals. 
But mapping out a general course on something that I've historically messed up on or failed on was very, very helpful. So think on that for a second, right? Ponder that for a second. Try to think of an area in your life where maybe you've set goals in the past and not actually achieved them. Maybe you've tried to plan something and didn't plan it with sufficient detail at the appropriate levels, and then the whole thing fell apart. Try to think of something like that and then make a note in your notes app right now, right? You can pause this episode. You make a note to write out, to spend five minutes a day writing out a general plan with a rough idea of what you should be doing every day, broken out over the time horizon that you think it'll take you to complete the thing. So for example, let's say you want to read, I don't know, War and Peace, right? Literary classic. I've never read it. I know plenty of people who have, or some people, two or three people. They say it's a very good book, but it's also famously a very big book. So you might say, in 2023, I want to read War and Peace. And then you put it on your nightstand, and the first few nights, you're reading 10, 15, 20 pages, maybe a night, and then a couple of nights you skip, and maybe you miss a week, or you miss two weeks. And now the anxiety starts to kick in. You're like, oh, I'm really getting behind on this. I need to read more. But it's such a big book and there's hundreds of pages left and I don't know how much more I need to do. Well, if that's historically been you, it is very easy to fix that problem, right? Find out how many pages War and Peace has, and I'm going to look it up right now, actually. It's 1,400 pages. (laughs) So maybe not the best example, but we'll stick with it. So 1,400 divided by 365 is 3.8. You can finish War and Peace, this absolute behemoth of a book, 1,400-page book, if you read four pages a day. The average reading pace tends to be around a minute or two per page. So for the low, low time commitment of eight minutes a day, you too can read War and Peace. Or if you're anything like me, you'll probably just listen to the audiobook, maybe while you're working out or driving. But the point is, because I did this little mental exercise... And I made a general plan, a 1,400-page book, which when I just looked it up and saw the number, I was like, oh, I picked a terrible example. That's huge. But I finished planning, and it turns out it is such a small number of pages every day, right? Which, of course, leads us into the idea that a journey of 10,000 steps begins with a single step. But what we're talking about today is how useful it is to say 10,000 steps, It's I have, I don't know, Two weeks to get there. So all I need to do is divide 10,000 by 14 and that's how many steps I need to get a day. So when you do this, when you plan something to the end, even something this simple, like how many pages of a book to read, you can say, okay, I missed three days. So all I need to do is make up 12 pages. So I'm going to bump it up to five pages a day for the next two weeks. Maybe you'll even start getting ahead. I only need to read four pages, but I know that I miss days sometimes. So I'm going to, whenever I do read, try to read six pages so that I can still miss 33% of the time. These are the kinds of thoughts that planning to the end will help you discover, right? I like to do this a lot just to get a general idea of what the rate of growth for something needs to be. For example, when I set my strength goals for any year, I try to account for how many pounds would I have to add a week. So for me, for example, I benched 315 for a double. 
which projects to about 330 for a single, at the end of last year. So I asked myself, how many pounds do I think I could conservatively add to my bench press if I was consistent? Well, I said maybe 50, maybe a pound a week, right? So 50 pounds in a year. So I set my goal around 380 for the end of the year. And of course, that's just a very rough calculation, but I can adjust that as time goes on. The point being that I know that I need to add approximately four pounds every training cycle to my estimated one rep max because my training cycles are four weeks each. If your training cycles are one week each, or if you're running the Warrior King training protocol, and you're on the novice stage, say, then you'd be benching three times a week. And then you can look over your last three weeks and see how quickly do I jump up five pounds, right? I, maybe I benched 165 for 666, and then next week, 777, and then next week I added five pounds more, And then I did that for six across, and then next week I did it for seven across. So approximately every two training days, I go up five pounds. So then you can get a rough idea, especially using the estimates of how long you're generally in a stage in the training protocol document, of where you should set your goal. And then of course, once you have the numeric goal, you break it down, and then when you get to the weekly level, you want to turn it into habits, and that's what we ultimately track. But the point still stands. When you make a plan, especially for something small at first, plan to the end. Get used to mapping out a general course of what it might take to achieve something, right? I encourage people in the 2023 Goal Setting Guide to set outrageous 10-year goals, right? It's really useful to set goals that are way beyond what you think you might be capable of because... A warrior king never says, I can't. He always says, how can I? But if you're going to set an outrageous goal, like make $3 million a year, right? In 10 years, I want to have an annual income of $3 million. You should plan. What is that actually going to take, right? Let's say right now you're making $60,000 a year. So you might say, I need to double my salary this year to get to one twenty. And then double it again, and I went 240, and then double it again, I'll be at 480, and then double it again, then I'll be at about a million. And then if I double it again, I'll be at 2 million. So if I doubled my salary every year for five years, I'd be at around $2 million a year. That's really difficult to double your salary, especially once you start getting up there, right? Going from 120 to 240 is no easy feat. But it gives you the general idea of what it's going to take Right, You shouldn't let it discourage you, but rather you should let it motivate you to try to think of a way, how can I double my income this year? Maybe I've maxed out my salary in the field I'm in and I need to start diversifying. Maybe I need more business interests. Maybe I need to start investing in some way and rather than doubling every year, it'll be some sort of exponential growth where for the first few years, it's not much, but then in year four or five, it really starts to take off. But plan to the end. There is no point in setting outrageous 10-year goals if you don't actually have at least a general idea of what this will take. So I did this when I did my 10-year goals. And one of the things I did is I set an outrageously high salary for myself. I asked myself, what's the point, right? What am I trying to do? Why do I want to earn money? Well, it's to do good in the world. What does that look like? So I told myself, okay, so let's say I have, you know, a large family, five or six children. I want to be able to help them do whatever it is that they need to do within reason, right? Maybe they're talented at music or maybe they want to 
study at a prestigious STEM school or something along those lines. And I also want to be able to give generously to the church, right? One of my dreams is to build an Orthodox cathedral, right? Is to fund a cathedral. How much would that cost? Probably several millions of dollars over, you know, spread out over a certain period of time. But I knew that I had to earn many millions of dollars a year if I want this dream to be a reality. And then I sat down and I said, given my chosen investment strategies, how much would I have to earn? How much would I have to invest? And what would my return on investment have to be to make this happen? And so I did. It took me about an hour and a half to fill out the whole spreadsheet. But I saw, first of all, I saw that I couldn't do it in 10 years. Based on my current plan, it was closer to 12. That's fine. No problem. I also saw how much I have to put in every year, what I have to invest in, how my investments should be doing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I can assess at the end of every year, how close am I? Am I making progress? And of course, if it turns out that the 10-year goal I set is more easily expressed as a 20-year goal, that's fine. But the point I'm trying to make is that these are the kinds of revelations that you come to when you plan to the end. Right? So do that today. Right? You made the note in your notes app. Pick one goal off your 10-year goals list and plan it all the way out and see if your estimates are accurate or see if maybe you're undershooting or overshooting. Maybe you told yourself, I will read the Bible in a year and I'm going to spend 30 minutes reading every day. Maybe you run the numbers and it turns out you only need 10 minutes. Cool, so I can do it in four months. Or I can cut the daily requirement to still do it in a year. I don't have to devote as much time. Whatever it is, today, pick a category, pick a goal, plan it to the end and see what you learn and make that a regular practice when you set your goals. And things will be a lot more predictable and you'll have a far higher chance of getting the job done. That's it for this week's Field Log. If you like what you heard today, you can follow this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on right now. You can also rate the show. That always helps out a lot. You can find me on Instagram, threads, and TikTok at marcian.cx for field log snippets, art, philosophy, and training-related content. You can also visit the website at marcian.cx for much more of the same. I'm still working on consolidating the Warrior King content into the marcian.cx project. So check back at the website soon for the new and improved Warrior King training protocol, which is going to include supersets and my updated supplement recommendations. There's also a 2024 goal-setting guide on the way, and of course, the Warrior King newsletter. If any of that sounds appealing to you, the links to everything are in the show notes below. It's all free, and as always, conquer the day.